Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology. With me, Tiasha Zaitz. South America is a large market with a great potential from the language perspective, since Spanish is the official language in most countries except from Brazil. But what are the specifics of the regions? This is what we're trying to highlight through the current series of discussions about the digital health development in the LATAM region. In the first episode, you could hear a little bit about Peru from Jonathan Bringas. I think Peru is, it's still very immature, but if you compare pre-pandemic Peru versus post-pandemic Peru, it's like twins that were raised by different families. In this episode, you will be able to get a glimpse into the understanding of the Argentinian market. I spoke with Santiago Troncar, Argentinian CEO and founder of Future Docs Latin America, which is a company that operates and licenses an EHR telemedicine and patient engagement solution called Consultorio Mobile, which is for Latin American ambulatory physicians and medical centers. Santiago has been working in digital health initiatives for the last 10 years, providing free technology platforms and digital health education programs for the medical community in different Latin American markets. He mostly spoke about how healthcare provision differs in different regions in Argentina, what impact does the political situation have on making business in the market, and more. So enjoy the discussion and make sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified about new episodes automatically. In one of the upcoming ones about the LATAM region, you will hear more about Chile from Luis Santiago. There's an initiative here in Chile for, from the National Center for Digital Information in, in Healthcare specifically. And CORFO, which is the Corporation for Incentivizing Economic Growth and innovation in the country. They, they created an, an initiative that's called uh, Play for Collaboration, Juegatela por la Innovación. And uh, this is a scenario with institutions that don't usually innovate, the opportunity to talk directly with entrepreneurs to get the ability to create projects that actually take their problems Uh, into account and design solutions or implement solutions that solve those specific problems. So we can co-create those solutions or we can implement what we have ready. But the, the problem we haven't solved yet is how do we acquire those solutions? How can we monetize those solutions? Now let's dive in today's discussion. And if you haven't yet... Do check out our newsletter, you can find it at fodh.substack.com or just go to the link in the show notes. Santiago, hi, and thank you for joining this discussion on Faces of Digital Health about healthcare digitalization in Argentina. So where do we even start with Argentina? I did some digging and there's a lot of kind of positive sentiment about its state of healthcare. It's supposed to be really good compared to other countries in South America. So how would you describe it? How do you perceive it? 
we, we recognize that Argentina is perceived in the medical community, at least in the Latin American community, as a high-level human medical physicians. The level of professionalism is really high and it's really welcoming in other markets. I would say that's the very biggest strength of our medical system. The people and the human resources is great. We have a tradition, a long tradition of free medical education in free public universities. And at the same time, in the last two years, private universities joined the medical education, the faculties. So you see a lot of medical students coming from Latin American countries to learn in Argentina. So yeah, we're fortunate to have that workforce working and creating medical services from Argentina. And is it, given that you mentioned that healthcare education is free and we see that healthcare workforce shortages are present across the globe, do a lot of people try to go to other markets to work as clinicians after they finish their studies? You know, one thing you mentioned is that Argentina has one of the highest levels of physicians per habitant. Uh, we have even a higher level than the U European community and by far the highest level in Latin American countries. We do have, I, I think the number is around 200,000 physicians. And then you have other uh, medical professionals, right? Like nurses and stuff. But uh, yes, of course, a lot of medical professionals are going to work abroad. The thing is, obviously, they need to recertificate in the different countries in which they, they move. But yes, we believe we export a lot of physicians that go into different markets to practice their medicine arts. Yeah. One of the specifics of the market, or maybe not even a specific, it's actually quite common to see it in different countries that basically in different regions, healthcare maturity or especially digital maturity differs from region to region. And that's supposed to be the same in Argentina. And Every time that we start talking about the challenges with access to care and regional development that differs from place to place, technology and telemedicine come in. So what kind of changes do you see in that regard? Where would you say that Argentina is really strong and how has it been developing in the digital health sense? As I told you, I think the human factor is great. Not only the medical human factor, but also the technology human factor. We are recognized, at least in Latin America, for high levels of creativity and software development uh, talent and, of course, medical talent. Uh, so on that side, we are, I think we are very good. On the other side, as you probably heard, Argentina has been in an economic crisis for the last, I don't know, 50 years. We are a very cyclical country in terms of politics and economy. And of course, you can bring a lot of private and personal talent into that system, but still the system is in, in heavy crisis all the time. So that brings us a lot of obstacles in terms of not only in the private sector, but also in the public sector, changing governments, changing political parties. That brings a lot of inconsistency, um, sometimes some, some chaos into the projects that you need to develop and consistently pursued during the years. So basically, we do have a, a very complicated context and a very, you know, high level of talent trying to make it happen. So saying that, we've seen some very interesting advancements in digital health, 
uh, in the public sector and both in public and private. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that we created an equity of access to those tools and the spread of those tools through all the country. Okay, So we've seen a lot of advancement, yeah. but still a lot of ground to grow. Yeah, I guess from the business perspective, it's easy to imagine that if the political situation is not stable, it's also really difficult to work in those conditions, especially if you're a startup where VCs will not be comfortable supporting you in an unstable environment. If you look at South America, Venezuela is a good example of how, because of the political situation, healthcare disintegrated completely. Let me add one key. One key word, which is disparity. If I need to to point one word that would make the landscape is disparity. You have high-level, very sophisticated tools and digital health innovation in some parts of the country and some cities in some government agencies and or private um, entrepreneurial companies. And then in some other regions of the country, you don't have access to very elemental and basic health services. So disparity may be the right word to to describe how Argentina is evolving in digital health. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you recognize as a pattern or a trait that keeps the company that are still present on the market going? So for example, are the founders from Argentina and have scaled in other more stable countries across South America and the stability elsewhere is enabling them to still stay on this market or something like that? Yes, as I told you, our context, our economic context is very complicated. That means that different governments, not talking about only political parties of every government, don't care if it is from right or left, need to, you know, to charge you high taxes. The legal conditions are changing all the time. Uh, So it's not easy to plan and execute a middle and long-term project while the government is moving your rules all the time. That said, on one side. On the other side, of course, every entrepreneurial person in Argentina sees the Latin American region as the place to go. So you're all the time trying to build and develop ideas that can fit in other markets. Because, of course, markets such as Mexico and Brazil are maybe four, five, six times larger than Argentina. So basically, you are trying to do your your pilot experiences in a market and then aiming to move forward and extend that uh, services to all to other markets. So that's what a typical entrepreneur has in mind when you face a, a startup of a development in digital health in, from Argentina. I was quite surprised to see that basically the percentage of GDP that's attributed to healthcare, according to the Argentine Congressional Budget Office, is 3.3% of GDP. I think the World Bank has immensely higher numbers, but I would trust the local assessment much, much more. So how does that impact healthcare? Sometimes the percentage of GDP that goes to healthcare doesn't necessarily correlate with the state of digital maturity or healthcare provision. Yeah, on top of the good human resources that we have, we do spend a lot of money in health. That's good news. The complicated news is that our health regulation systems, we don't have such a thing as a federal health system. We do have a decentralized health system and 
all the provinces of Argentina, more than 20 provinces, have the rights to, to do their own regulations and their own executions. So basically, you do have a lot of money spent, but, it, but instead of taking the synergies of a whole system, you do have local implementations in more than 20 states. So that brings a huge weaknesses. Why? Because you are doing local implementations every time. And once you have a good technology or a good idea or a good project, you need to convince more than 20 governors or secretaries of health to go ahead and execute that. And they do have the right to do it or not to do it. So that brings a huge weakness. And what you will find in that way is that, of course, you receive a lot of money and you do have good implementations, but the impact of those implementations is limited by the territory. So you do have a, a lot of spotted good projects that move forward, but still not national uh, impact of those good projects. Yeah, maybe we can expand on that a little bit more because that's oftentimes the challenge in Europe, where if you want to go to a different country, the market is completely different. The rules are completely different. Even in Germany, it's the same problem as you have basically federal uh, states that decide on healthcare. But I guess in the case of Argentina, at least the language is the same and I guess the culture is the same. So it is potentially a little bit easier to scale across regions or not. You bring a good example. I give you two examples of things that happen in Argentina. Number one, let's say electronic health record. There's a small province called San Luis. They decided to go full into electronic health record in all the public institutions. But then again, that was a terrific project and that San Luis has only half a million population. And we do have 46 million in all the countries. So you're talking about digitalizing 1% of the population with a brilliant project. So it's a great project with low impact in terms of as a country. Okay, and, and let's go back to another example. We do have a very high-end telemedicine example from a public hospital called the Garraham. Okay, it's, it's a very top-notch hospital for kids. And they do have awesome technology. They built a telemedicine network trying to implement telemedicine through all the country and have tremendous obstacles. Why? Because the local regulations in every province is different. And of course, for cultural matters, 10 years ago, five years ago, when he went into the doctor saying, hey, let's do some telemedicine, you would get a lot of complaints, a lot of cultural issues. Okay. Of course, after 2020, that those barriers came a little bit more down, but still you do have a very high quality player trying to do something and it's very tough to scale it nationwide. Okay, so there you have two examples of how very nice implemented projects have limited impact uh, until they go national. That's a really nice description of giving us a little bit of an overview of the country and how it operates in terms of management of healthcare. And can you maybe tell us a bit more about the digital health aspect of healthcare provision. So the Ministry of Health did publish a national digital health strategy for 2018 to 2024. So that's, that ends next year. What are you observing in terms of the strategy and its implementation? How do you see it? Again, we thought it was great news that the government has a 
no, the state, not the government. The state had a digital health strategy. That's a good thing. Number two, the different professional public officers that are running this generally are very high level, really young people that understand the impact of technology. So that's a second good news. The thing here is how you can survive the different political parties taking care, taking office, no? the government. Four years ago, we have a more liberal party running the government. Now we have a different party running and people are not happy with one and the other. And probably next year we have a different party running the government. So the challenge here is now, first one, how you can gain consistency implementing those digital health strategies that some government designed, a different government started to implement, and a third government will try to keep on implementing. So that's a big challenge, the changing of the power in different hands. And the other thing is what we mentioned before. Since we don't have a federal health system, you need to go to the provinces and convince the different local health secretaries to go ahead and implement those initiatives. So that's quite challenging. In my view, it's moving forward. It's good news. Of course, in the middle of our very, very complex economic context, this is really tough to implement. Because, of course, to move forward with a digital health profound strategy, you need technology, you need education, you need money. So that it's really challenging. We're moving forward. We're going slow. But I believe we're moving forward. I'm positive of what's going on. Yeah, it's one thing to have a strategy and a document published. It's a completely different thing to actually implement and scale that. So. Given everything that we said, how difficult do you see it is for companies from abroad to enter the market? How much interest is there even to do that, given the instability and challenges that you mentioned? There are two, two, two sides of the coin, okay? Number one, I, Argentina has, been, has a history of being an interesting market. It has an economic power, which is relevant. Uh, and of course, the economical, the permanent economical crisis doesn't do us any favor welcoming investors and welcoming companies from abroad that want to invest in Argentina. So it's a trade-off between the opportunity, the, the maturity of the opportunities, and then the complexity of the crisis that we face. But still, you see a lot of companies investing in Argentina. You have, you'll find that companies such as Amazon Web Services or Google are, are installing here some headquarters for Latin America. They have been doing that for the last two decades. So you see that you have a lot of economic power, human resources value. So still companies come to Argentina, although we do uh, do a lot of economic uh, economical consequences of not behaving well in terms of how the economic the economy goes. You cover and follow the development of healthcare digitalization broader than just South America. We actually met at HIMSS in Chicago. So given your broad understanding of the digital transformation in healthcare, where do you see the currently biggest opportunities for improvement in Argentina? And maybe you can mention things that are already in play and things that perhaps aren't addressed yet, but could be? 
Of course, in, in every country in Latin America, and Argentina is another case, the governments have been moving forward to pass the laws that we all need, that the system needs to implement digital health. That's a good point. From every country in Latin America is either pass the laws or in the process of passing the laws that you need for electronic health record, telemedicine, uh, digital and online prescriptions and stuff. So that's the good point. In terms of opportunity, of course, you don't start to do to, to implement digital medicine unless you implement electronic health records in a wide level. Okay, you need to really spread electronic health record and to do with interoperable technologies so that you can build a common language of in interchanging information regarding the patients. Okay, the portability is critical. To have a, a, a certain level of standardization of the information is critical. So right there, all the Latin American countries have the challenge to move forward and keep on digitally, digitizing the medical records. We are doing a good job, but still a lot of room to, to improve. And of course, after that, once you are online, doctors and patients, of course, the key critical situation is how to achieve medical adherence to the treatments. So, so how can you help patients to realize what kind of diagnostics they need, what kind of treatments they are indicated, and if they have the ability, the resources, and the will to comply with that, to be, to, to be adherent with those treatments. So I think all the government, not only in private, but also in the public sectors, the challenge is how to make people understand their needs in terms of health and taking care and be empowered in terms of the adherence of the treatments they need to move forward to. So I think those are the challenges and at the same time, the big opportunities for both the public, the private sectors, and we, the people that, that confront our health issues. Would you, is there anything else that you would add in terms of the culture, given that you mentioned the adherence? to treatment and how to convince people to basically follow the instructions. Sometimes there's cultural specifics that are interesting to mention. Does anything come to mind in that regard? Oh, I think among other very bad things that happened with the 2020 pandemic, I think the issue that, that now we are more aware of the health issues, I think that's a great empowerment tool and insight for, for the population. And one thing that the pandemic brought to all of us is the willingness to contact our doctors through the mobile phones and technology. And I think that's beautiful. The actually that we, the patients, are online. We demand online services. That's a great power, a great kickoff for the system. And of course, the system, private system and the public system are reacting. How can we deal with this new digital patient? I think that really the empowerment of the people through technology is great and it's making the system move forward and delivering those services, those new health services that they are asking through technology. So I think those are key drivers for the development of our countries. Yeah, healthcare systems still need to figure out how to adapt to the new approach towards healthcare services and managing demand so you don't overinflate costs and the use of healthcare. Is there anything else that you would like to add when it comes to healthcare and digital transformation of healthcare in Argentina or in the neighboring uh, countries? Yeah, maybe it's important to, to mention that we feel we do have a strong, a very strong entrepreneurial community here 
building and creating and designing digital health services. Argentina has a, a very high level of of, uh, of talent getting into technology, not only in digital health, but also, of course, in other businesses and verticals. But we do have a very emerging big community of people trying to invent, to create, to develop. And we do have a, this Latin American vision, a lot of investors uh, understanding that something that is born in a country can go regional, not only Argentina, from Chile, from Brazil, from Mexico. And I think it's healthy that Latin America shares that vision and community of entrepreneurs. I think that's something anyone you, you speak in Latin America will tell you that you see a lot of entrepreneurial community interacting and creating products that are from the very beginning to, to go to the whole region and not only to a country. So I think that's a, another uh, very powerful driver into innovation and, and digital health. Is there perhaps any specific innovation that kind of caught your attention specifically that you would like to mention? Any solution or any project that you think is a good example of a good practice, will good to share? Yeah, this one that we are all very proud called Mamotest. Mamotest is, is aimed to, to offer, how do you call it, mammo, mammotherapies, studies for women. And basically... What they do is they promote that women go to centers to do their mammo test, okay, upload it into an app, and then they do have organized a set of artificial intelligence plus experts analyzing those mammo tests and bringing to the woman different services so that they can either diagnose if they have mama cancer or if they are okay. So they... That, that model was awesome. I don't recall the figures. I can send you that right away. But they've done really an amazing job of, of bringing this awareness to the women's community in terms of mammographies. They've done incredible deliveries in terms of the amount of mammographies that they promoted and the amount of mammographies that they analyzed uh, in a centralized way and, and doing this through all the region. I believe this initiative is going regional. So I think it's a great example of how with a piece of technology you can promote uh, something that, that can go through different territories, no matter what countries, no matter what languages, you can promote a very nice initiative trying to empower the women and making realize the opportunity that they have to prevent from mama cancer. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health, a proud member of the Health Podcast Network. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the show, or follow us on LinkedIn. Additionally, check out our newsletter. You can find it at fodh.substack.com. That's fodh.substack.com. Stay tuned.